and welcome to Insurance Tomorrow, a podcast brought to you by Alliance Insurance with me, Steph McGovern. In this series, we look at what's happening in the world and how it might impact the insurance industry. There are plenty of episodes to listen to. We cover everything from underinsurance, sustainability, business resilience, the skill shortage and everything in between. So if you want to listen back, you can get all of them online now. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about insurance fraud. It went up by 11.2% in 2022. That's according to the latest figures from Allianz Commercial. Now, that equates to over £70 million worth of insurance in that one year. So in this podcast, we're going to talk about what's going on and what can be done about it. To discuss this, I'm joined by James Burge, Head of Counterfraud at Allianz, and Ursula Jallo, Director of the Insurance Fraud Bureau. James, why do you think it is then that we've seen a rise? I think it has to be just the environment we're really in at the moment. If you think about the cost of living crisis is the big one at the moment. Obviously, we went through COVID, now we're in the cost of living crisis. And the way I sort of analyse this is a real change from historical fraud in insurance from a a real greed to a need perspective. And I think historically people think, actually, I I want a bit more money and I think I pay my premiums into insurers and wanted something back versus where we are now, where not just people, but businesses are actually in a real sticky time when they feel that the only way out is a need to commit insurance fraud. Is it the opportunistic fraud that you think is going up more than the other one? Personally, I think so. Yeah, opportunistic is. But the thing is about organised fraud. There's always going to be organised fraudsters out there. And the way in which they work is very much uh, trying to find those sort of vulnerabilities in either brokers that we deal with, processes or insurers, you name it, they'll all find it. So it'll always be organised fraud. So that's certainly going to be on a rise. But opportunistic for me, is, I think, is where we're going to see a lot more rise in, in insurance fraud as we go forward. This isn't just about people making a mistake on their form or on their claim, is it? It goes much deeper than that. We've got two types of insurance fraud that are classed in the market. So you've got opportunistic fraud. An opportunistic fraud is usually somebody who ordinarily wouldn't do anything wrong, but they're in a situation they might be vulnerable, or actually they just see it as an opportunity to exaggerate an existing claim. So they see an opportunity and they take it. But ordinarily, they probably wouldn't do anything about it. And then we've got organised fraud. So organised fraud is fundamentally somebody who actually commits fraud for a living. That's their day job. So it's quite complex, but it also usually involves other types of criminal activity. So it could be involving drugs, money laundering, you know, literally any other type of criminal activity. We did a recent YouGov survey specifically asking questions about how people are feeling with the cost of living crisis and how it's impacting them. And we know that one in five 18 to 24 year olds said that they are having financial struggles, so they would be more likely to commit insurance fraud. We know that one in 10 of the average person, you know, no age group included, would be thinking about committing insurance fraud. And we know that one in two people across the UK are financially desperate. You can't ignore those facts and say that there won't be an increase in opportunistic fraud because they are your average person that wouldn't ordinarily commit fraud. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one, that, isn't it? Because obviously committing any type of fraud is wrong. But gosh, when people are desperate, it feels bad, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it does. And we are trying to do what we can. Obviously, it's to balance, you know, the insurance industry at the end of the day are providing those services to consumers. But also, you know, the insurance and broker market have got a, a duty to consumers. So, you know, we've been working with the industry and the Insurance Fraud Bureau this year will be having a prevention campaign around opportunistic fraud and specifically talking to consumers about it might feel like a good thing to do in the moment, but actually the implications have been found. You know, it's not just the insurers, the police get involved, potentially facing convictions. And we know that opportunistic fraudsters that we've worked with in the past after the event, you know, the biggest impact to them was the social side. So yeah. the implications on their friendships and their family relationships you know when they've been realized you know the amount of those types of people that have then turned on again if I'd known I was going to be put on the insurance fraud register and not be offered insurance again if I'd known it was going to impact me personally with my friends and family the actual implications for those people it's not a place that people want to be in. Yeah and is there particular areas of insurance which are hardest hit by this is it James, I don't know, car insurance or is it home insurance or business insurance or does it just hit everything? It hits all areas of insurance. I mean, coming from my perspective as a commercial insurer, we see obviously a big growth in the likes of the property and casualty area of insurance fraud. Your traditional, what you would call motor, crash for cash type insurance fraud has dwindled a little bit, but actually it's moved more into a gross exaggeration of motor now. I mean, you cast your mind back to in the middle of lockdown, for instance, when there were very few cars on the road, when these organised gangs were trying to stage accidents well that was the impossible way of doing so so uh, they need to look for new ways and so then gross exaggeration of claims and then moving into more of the property and casualty space when we talk about also fraud it's not always just in the claim space it's in the application and underwriting fraud space looking at the whole journey of a customer that comes to us looking at um, the people that are potentially both organised and, and opportunistic fraud lying on their applications to get cheaper car insurance or cheaper business insurance, whatever it be. And I guess is there an element of over-insurance, you know, like that classic story of people who burn down buildings and they've just taken out a big insurance policy. Do you still see that? For commercial, there is an element of that. And you see lots of, dare I say, larger claims where people have decided the only way out really is to burn their places down to seek that money is the only way in which they can escape that and I think the real consequence of that is that it's not just the impact of them on their life and their family but it's the workers that work for them has a, has a real impact on as well. Ursula did you want to add anything to that? On the policy side as a market we're seeing a huge uplift in ghost broking activity which is fundamentally where policies are being sold to consumers that think they are getting genuine insurance and it's not so in some cases some false details are being provided to the insurers but in a lot of cases there actually is no insurance cover in place at all and they're fundamentally being presented as documents to say they're insured and they're not so that's not even necessarily coming near the insurers or the brokers but again they're targeting vulnerable people who ordinarily couldn't get insurance or would suffer a high premium because for instance they're a young driver and that's alive and well and growing I mean this time last year we had 47 organized ghost broking cases gosh this time so 2023 we're up to 57 wow 
there is still an increase. And we did a campaign on it last year, similar to one I just described around trying to protect the consumers for this year around ghost breaking. We targeted the younger Instagram, Facebook, Twitter users, because that is fundamentally where that was going through. If we know more about how these things happen, then collectively we can try and prevent it happening. But it's just getting the message out. Do you know, it's funny you should mention that, Ursula, because we actually did it, a story about ghost brokers on my show, because we have like a, you know, a consumer element to the show. And uh, we had a lad on, uh, a young driver, exactly what you're describing, who'd taken out what he thought was an insurance policy for his car through Instagram. And it turned out to be, as you say, just a big scam. I mean, there's so many elements to this, aren't there, in terms of the different types of insurance fraud there are. James, I want to ask you, though, because I would think now in this day and age, the technology would make it much more difficult to commit insurance fraud because you guys must have so much tech at your hands to stop it happening. We look at insurance fraud in the personal lines world. So for your example there, Steph, that would be an individual that's purchasing insurance via a ghost broker that's obviously not just them. In the personal lines world where you're seeking kind of an individual policy against a, 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 perhaps a, an online quote somewhere, I think that's a very different world when you're looking at individual policies where you've got technologies that can really start to understand, okay, who who is that person? Where do they live? Is that vehicle garage? Is that vehicle going to be driven by whom? Versus in our world in the commercial space, when we're insuring businesses, for instance, so we might have a name, we might have a business, we might have their address, and we might be insuring that building, their motor fleet, and the employees that are in that building. It's then difficult to really understand, well, who are the people that really control that policy? Who are we really insuring? Who are going to be paying in the event of a claim? And I think that's the real difference. So in terms of technology, I think in the personal line space, it's easy to do that, what we call enrichment calls, sort of understanding who they are versus the commercial world I'd say is a little bit further behind the curve I think we're getting there I think there's ways to go there's a long way to go to really get to understand how we can use data that we capture how do we use the data that we've got but I think a bit for me is not just about technology but it's about the part that brokers playing this most of our business in Alliance Commercial is dealt with via broker and it's simple so for me there are eyes and ears they're the ones that should be having those initial conversations with the end customer understanding what their demands what their needs are and doing some basic validation checks to understand okay are they really who they say they are ignoring the technology bit for us for a moment and sort of having that human touch and that broker plays that big part in that and so we work with them to to really understand to help get the risk insured for them Ursula what are you guys doing I mean you mentioned a bit around education but what else is happening in the space to try and combat insurance fraud the ability should be for the IFB to be a lot more instinctive. So we've just brought on a new platform and that will enable us to do actually something you've just touched on around better data enrichment around what do we know about the people we're insuring. So ultimately, that has to be very, very compliant with Data Protection Act. We can't hold data that's not suitable. So there are strict regulations around what we can do with that data. But there is an opportunity for us to get better as an industry on that piece. And the IFB sits there fundamentally to really provide that intelligence hub for organised fraud. So we're really looking to push that forward. And then, as I say, the prevention piece is around doing a lot more social media awareness and really pushing forward with driving people's intellect around what insurance fraud is and how not to get involved in it and how not to be scammed. Yeah. And James, what about from Alliance's perspective, what's happening in terms of what you guys are doing to try and combat insurance fraud? 
Working with Ayrshire, I mean, it has to be rule number one for us because they are the hub where all of the markets sort of feature in and the tools and the data and the insight that are coming out from the IFB are, are fundamental to help like insurers like us to really understand where fraud currently is now, but also where fraud is going to next because I think we quite often focus on the past, whereas obviously fraudsters we know are looking for the next thing all the time. So for us, it's working with the IFB, trying to educate with our brokers as much as we can I mean, that education piece is, is so important. There's many workshops, as many um, forums that we can do with our broker community uh, in terms of really trying to get sell that message that we're in it together. I mean, we have a mutual client to protect at the end of the day. And the majority of our customers are actually genuine customers and they're the ones that, that we need to protect. And we have some really skilled people in our business, really skilled handlers in the claim space to spot this when it does come in as early as possible in that journey. And it's and it, for me, it's how we start to now complement our good people with the data that we've got with things like machine learning and, and AI, artificial intelligence, sort of over the top of that. Yeah, the other point I'd make is, especially for the brokers listening, is, you know, there is a huge difference in terms of different sizes of brokers. So there could be some brokers sat there thinking AI digital you're joking I've only got so much money and so much experience to do what what we can I guess my point is actually from the smallest broker to the biggest broker there are still things that can be done and again from an IFB perspective we're quite happy to support with those strategies because it doesn't matter how much you know little or large you're doing in terms of prevention it all absolutely contributes and James's point earlier the absolute piece for brokers is that they do have that personal relationship with the insureds which ordinarily wouldn't happen and and a lot of the time it's not about AI it's just having that relationship and if you know that person and you know that company you could actually be that prevention piece. Yeah let's stop it happening in the first place. You mentioned there James about future trends and trying to kind of work out where that's going. Have you got any idea at the moment then what are you looking at in terms of the future of fraud? You're looking at what you've got in the past, what you've got currently and working with the IFB as to what you've got coming down the road. Personally we're moving more into a world of property and casualty fraud. So this is like dare I say when you're employing a company where you've got employees that feel the need to fabricate claims we're seeing a lot more of. We're seeing a lot of farmed claims as well. So this is the likes of claims that are being kind of the odd phone call from people trying to convince that you've had a claim and you want to exaggerate that claim a little bit more. Well actually you do didn't have a claim so it's an area we're trying to focus on at the moment again using that data using our people using our brokers to really understand how do we get to the point where we can almost put a stop to that i think it's going to be really hard the key for me is that we need to work together with brokers our customers obviously the ifb and other other members around sharing this intelligence because if, if we don't share it if we don't collaborate across the industry we're not going to fight this together because i always use the analogy of a balloon for instance you squeeze one end of the balloon it pops up somewhere else and that's what we're going to see here. So, for instance, in the in the motor world, we might see less motor claims coming through in the not the crash for cash, but actually it's more of the now the gross exaggeration that's coming up elsewhere that we've got a bit more smarter to. And it's that intelligence that are being shared really is the bit where we need to hold on to and, and really delve into. So just to wrap things up then, Ursula, what do you want people to take away from listening to you guys, you know, particularly brokers? You know, that everyone's heard about the cost of living. You, like I said, you can't ignore it. The stats that I talked about earlier, without a doubt, means that people are going to be more vulnerable. 
the brokers are closer to those customers than anyone else. They'll know if those customers are more vulnerable. There's an opportunity for them to prevent that customer committing fraud. They will see stuff. They will, you know, pick up on things. And they've got an opportunity to actually help that customer not to commit fraud. But equally, you know, if they spot it afterwards, it's just making sure that they are alerting either the insurer or the insurance fraud bureau so that we can do something about it. Yeah. And James, what do you want people to take away? Just the importance of the broker role, really. I mean, they are our first line of defence. That has to be key. I mean, some that are really, really proactive Education has to be part of that, brokers and their clients, and and we can play a a big part of that working with the industry. But just to finish on that, I think really talk to us would be a really big start. Where we see things, we should be sharing it. Where brokers see insights and and things that are happening in the industry, share it with us, talk to us. We need to combat this together rather than trying to tackle it in isolation. So they are our first line of defence, so really important that we talk. That brings us to a good point to end this podcast. Thank you so much to James Burge from Alliance and Ursula Jallo from the Insurance Fraud Bureau. Please do subscribe to the series through your podcast app and then you will never miss an episode. Also, it would be great if you could leave us a review as well. Thanks so much for listening. That's it from me, Steph McGovern and Alliance Insurance. Bye bye.